Hello and welcome to another episode of The Life Capoeira. I hope you've all had a good time over Christmas or uh, whatever it is that you like to celebrate over this holiday or you've just had a nice time if you don't celebrate anything at this time of year. Very pleased to welcome from Swansea, my um, friend David Rees-Small, who has just started the, the Swansea group running again. Thank you very much for giving up your evening to come on the show. My pleasure. So let's start all the way back at the beginning. How did you get started with Capoeira? And was it that you loved so much about it to keep you going all these years I, later? I, <laughs> I think it's pretty much as a, as a young personality, young young person back in the day is watching the, uh, the obvious, only the strong. Before I even started or even basically trained uh, in the style is basically just watching the movie, just thought, wow, it was just one of the most intense things I've ever seen. But as a person who's trained in different styles of martial arts throughout my, my, my lifetime, it was just something that sort of like brought me uh, you know, into like the fold. I just thought this is something different. This is something unique. And I think it just like caught my eye from there on. Training, I started back when I was in Bridgewater College. We did a small workshop with a instructor that came down from London at one time. Unfortunately, I can't remember the uh, the name, but he did a, a great session. But I ended up going out to Australia for a uh, year's sabbatical. Basically, I just wanted to go out to Australia, meet the family, the rest of the family on, on my dad's side. And it was a case that I went to Sydney and trained up there for a little while as well. And then met a few people on along the way and never looked back. Uh, what happened was when we moved down to Swansea with myself and my, uh, my my family, we met a couple of people who were interested and we looked pretty much all the way forward and that's where it came to to head. You know, it, it was a good, uh, good uh, little travel. Brilliant. And it was Mestre Maxwell that you trained with in Swansea. Were you with his group from the beginning? I wasn't the first group, part of the group. Basically, I, I think it was like the second Batizado I ended up in. So there were a few members that were in the group that realistically had trained for over a year. They met Mestre Maxwell going to Bath and came down from Bristol and they invited him down and looked like uh, it was the, the right way forward. Uh, we've, uh, we've stuck with each other ever since. And Mr. Maxwell's group, Lady Capoeira, became a charity of which you're you're a trustee. How did charity status help your Capoeira group? Worked really well because we did a lot of um, uh, classes for like international days at schools and colleges. So it really helped sort of like build up that sort of uh, repertoire of like uh, getting the, the the name of Capoeira out there and just basically like uh it's it's hard to explain it's just basically like one of the members of a of, of a founding group and you really want to uh, show yourselves and it worked from there on so we basically had a lot of a uh, lot of days where we would go down to colleges around Swansea Gosine and a lot of south wales areas and we did a lot of festivals as well and it got it got to a point where we were really making good leeway. We were making a good name for Capoeira. 
And what was the process like of, of becoming a charity? I mean, would you recommend it to other groups that are considering it out there in, in the UK and potentially beyond? Obviously, the UK has got its own legislation around charities that might be different internationally. I'd say, on retrospect, it would be a good idea to do, um, but we just would like for the, the process of keeping with the, the charity. I mean, the unfortunate process from our point of view is obviously we had the issue with COVID, so a lot of things went out the window over the years. So as a startup for anyone who does want to do a charity event, I, I would highly recommend it. And you mentioned the pandemic there. Mestre Maxwell moved into, obviously the class has not been able to run, moved into uh, baking, uh, I believe, to help make ends meet. What was it after that that led for the group to sort of get back started again following the pandemic? I think what it is, is that over the years, we, we, we've, we've all had a sort of a, like a friendship, a camaraderie that has taken process. So like, like for yourself, you'd probably say when training, when doing Batizados, you meet people, you meet Greek people and you learn to like bring them into the fold. So over the years, we've had a lot of people who've trained and then wanted to come back because they missed it. It's the, the the kind of process where you want to make it fun for people. You want to make it the belief that uh, it is something that they really need to like do to enjoy. But like, it, it's, it's hard to explain. I mean, <clears throat> we're always on WhatsApp. We're always on Facebook. I mean, that is the main thing that really sort of linked us all together. We've got a lot of people at different areas that need to, communicate and with that we've had people always say i've missed this i've missed it i've missed it i've missed it a hundred times and it it sort of like keyed it back into in into like life for us that's good and have you got many new members started or is it still largely <laughs> uh, keeping things going at the moment the group is a case where we do have a lot of students that come and go all the time because we're so close to obviously like a university group but i i think what it is is that we do have the the <clears throat> the um hardcore group that really want to stay and do stuff but obviously as as we were saying about the the, the pandemic we we've had people who have not trained for a long time <clears throat> and had uh uh, like due to non-training it's just basically like a lot of injuries that have uh, occurred and we're just trying to sort of like ease them back in to get them back to that that level that, that they want to be at but uh, yeah i mean you can you can never yeah we'll leave it there <laughs> yeah it is tricky returning to training i think um regular listeners might know that i've I've had sort of three years out of training myself with a with a hip issue causing from lack of movement in in lockdown quite early on and very conscious of not accidentally sort of overextending or, or straining things as you go back because your body's going to try and remember to do things and actually your muscles are maybe a little bit too tight for and i'm very conscious that when it comes to recovery is to slowly i'd rather do things slowly and and get back as like a marathon more than a sprint for the rest yeah. of another long period of time where i can't can't train because 
um, training so good? No, I mean, I'm the same. During lockdown, I was I, I was actually uh, talking to some neighbours who were actually interested in doing it. So obviously we had to do the distance training. So our <clears throat> favourite training facility <clears throat> during the summer of a uh, pandemic was basically using a chair on our driveway. So obviously, like, due to social distancing, that was the case. But because you couldn't have the space to do as much of a of, of a beneficial warm-up, there were a little bit of uh, niggles left, right and centre that caused a little bit of problems. But I think now, because we're back, we, as a group, we want to try and get a little bit of emphasis on um, what I like to say is, it's almost like the Bruce Lee kind of term of, I'd like to, I don't fear the, the person that trains a thousand kicks. I, I fear the person that trains one kick a thousand times. We, I mean, want to, yeah. we, want, we want to try and build that kind of belief up. So rather than going through a thousand things in once, we want to try and go through basics and get them back to where they, they need to be. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I've had a shoulder issue for a long time. Doing Ponchi is, yeah, <laughs> but... Yeah, I think it's just <clears throat> just going through a lot of uh, warm-up procedures now, getting back to full structure of training capoeira, going through you know the the right kind of way uh, is is what we're trying to get back to doing. You know, it, it it's it's you miss it and like you missed it for so long. Um, you just got to try and remember what you had back then and what you're bringing back in now. Yeah, and I think the other thing, as your sort of body gets older, it doesn't necessarily stop you from doing things. You just need to make sure that you're very conscious of how your body is feeling when yeah. you're doing it. And to you know, remember that if you've had a long time out, that actually you do need to maybe not kick quite so high and yeah. form and then, you know, that, that fluidity of movement will come in time and the flexibility and so on, at least that's what I'm hoping. I mean it, it it's it's the same kind of function like i train people out of a gym for like uh, classes for personal training from mechanics in clinically and i have to do the same thing i have to functionally think <clears throat> can they do the same thing that they used to do when they were doing classes you know all that time back so we have to sort of take a step back to go as two steps forward i think a silver lining to the experience though is to then very much go through a lot of the experiences that a lot of beginners have it can be very easy when you, you know, start teaching and you've been in capoeira for a decade or whatever and and you've, you've got your your fitness and your flexibility and your core strength and everything else yeah and just to, to think actually this is a lot of people who don't have those things and come to capoeira this is what they're going through and to actually sort of to live that i think is is going to be sort of quite helpful in the way of you try and give them breakdowns or easier modifications that they can do so that all the moves are successful and they can build up the strength but actually having had that experience when i started training again eskiva one couldn't reach the ground and i was surprised that that degree of flexibility which had i've never not been that flexible but said did sort of kung fu and tai chi and sixth form things of it's surprising my body wouldn't move like that yeah um, yeah finally got it back which is nice good good which leads us nicely into new year's resolutions what are you planning for, for next year or do you not tend to make new year's resolutions 
Uh, well, I've never really in the past, but because of the level of where we are at the moment in the group, next year is like, like I believe is our 20 year anniversary because 10 years ago we had the Mestre Accordion down. I believe you were there yeah. uh, then. So I think it's going to be our, like our next Batizado for a long time. So hopefully we, we will get ready for that. So my New Year's resolution is a lot more going through basics, but a lot more training in the fundamentals like macaco like i my macaco is gone since <clears throat> since the uh, pandemic and i want to do almost like as you say like you know you're doing like a hundred a day or whatever it's you just need to try and sort of like improve on it and i'm setting myself a little standard so our class is normally like an hour long so what i told the class is if you want to stay on for half an hour we train one technique for one month so macaco for one month uh, and get everyone up to a standard. And if no one's up to a standard, we keep going until everyone's up to a standard. So I don't want anyone to feel like anyone's falling behind. So if someone's got it, someone's got it. That's brilliant. But we want to try and get the group getting that function on. You know, we, we want to work together rather than we, we don't want to get the individual, uh, you know, uh, advancing. We'd love to get everyone advancing together if that's possible. But again, my, my idea is to try and get half an hour after every session, one technique down to a, down to a T. That sounds achievable. Yeah. <laughs> Got a plan for it as well, which is nice. Yeah. Well, and if you just, I guess the good thing there is the, the opting in for sort of an extra half hour. Yeah. Of, I find in your regular classes, sometimes students who haven't fully caught the capoeira bug yet. Yeah. When you just, keep doing the same thing obviously their enthusiasm for the classes can sometimes wane which you obviously don't want to do yeah which you have but um good luck with that that sounds very achievable thank you very much so the last question for the podcast is what is capoeira Ooh, ooh, ooh! you you've really re you know gone deep on that one now haven't you <laughs> uh, for me personally capoeira is from my belief, uh, friendship, training, um, and learning connected. Um, it's, 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 I don't know what it is. As I said, like you've trained in different styles. I've trained in different styles. And <clears throat> with this, you meet more people, more groups through training capoeira. You get more friendships through capoeira. Uh, and I, I think that is what sort of like really ticked my box with it. It's something that sort of like strive me to like try and get everything back to where it should be with the group to get us out there, to get us going to different events, to meet people, to do more, uh, more for the name. So, yeah, I think those three like connect in, in, in one strong belief. Thank you. Are yeah. there any Closing thoughts or comments you'd like to leave with the listeners and perhaps a, a promotion of your classes uh, when and where that they are? We are, um, yeah, what we'll do is we'll go with the, the class Swansea Capoeira. Ilo de Capoeira is basically held in Swansea Bryn Mill Community Centre at half past six till eight o'clock. 
every Wednesdays. Uh, any information is always on the Facebook page. If anyone wants to contact us directly, you have my direct details on the Facebook page. And also there is information with Meshri Maxwell as well. But yeah, I hope to see everyone soon. And that's basically it. It will be a page below. And final thing to remind you all that the end of January, 28th of January, we've got an event in Chichester to celebrate my birthday. If you can't make it to Chichester in the UK, you can buy tickets for the lesson with Primo, which is going to be streamed live from Bella Resanche. And the details for the event um, will be below, as I say. And after Mestre Primo, we've got a, a session with Mestre Phantasma, followed by a harder. So it'd be lovely to see as many of you there as possible, whether in real life or online. And the last thing to say, of course, is you all have a happy new year and a prosperous 2024. No doubt it'll come with ups and downs, but hopefully there's more ups and downs for you. Thank you very much for listening and until next time. Ciao.